This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Here on this Friday evening, it is a jam-packed Friday edition of JJ After Dark. It's John Zastrzemski right here on The Fan. And now that the Super Bowl has come and gone, it is time now to sound the alarm. Send out the signal. He's like Bruce Wayne waiting for it somewhere in Gotham City. But it's related to college basketball. That means we bring on our aficionado from the New York Post, my dude. The great Zach Braziller. ZB, what's up, buddy? JJ, I was uh, I was just thinking about what it felt like, you know, about a year ago in a month. And it's kind of, while it's going to be a different type of tournament, it's getting, you know, the fact that it's actually getting here and it sounds like we're really going to have one is, is exciting, I must say. No doubt about it, bro. And listen, I'm now trying to figure out what the deal is going to be for the conference tournaments. Because, listen, I don't think there's anything, Zach, that is going to get in the way of shutting down this NCAA tournament this year. And I know you never say never after last year, but with the amount of money that's on the line and now with the vaccine being rolled out the way that it is, there will be March Madness in 2021. I think we can agree on that. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're going to, you know, somewhat of a bubble in Indianapolis is is pretty clear. And... The other thing, they wouldn't have done all this stuff we've kind of we've been through, whether it was teams taking pauses and, you know, no fans and, and everything we've seen. They wouldn't have gone this far to just not have a tournament. I, I'd, be, I'd be stunned. And, and honestly, I, I think at this point, most conferences are going to do their damnedest to have a conference tournament. I, I haven't seen, I haven't heard, I haven't seen any indication that any of these big conferences are not going to have conference tournaments. And that's a good thing for all of us, Zach, because listen, although it's going to be very different and I might not be hooting and hollering in Vegas, having the Big East tournament, having the ACC tournament, having the Big Ten tournament, all of these small conferences and however they're going to try to go about things, it provides a sense of normalcy that we missed dramatically last year. You know, you think about it, Zach, all of the other sports, even if they were compromised, even if it was strange, they got to their eventual champion last year. They had some, you know, playoff or, you know, whatever, a national championship game, whatever you want to call it. College basketball was the only one because of the immediacy of the crisis. We're in a way, bro, we didn't have that happen. 
Yeah, it's, that's a that's a good point. I mean, it was last March was just you know, look, a lot worse things happened to a lot of people. I mean, I've lost people to the virus. I'm sure a lot of people have lost a lot more than I have. But it was very it was a very depressing month last March. And look, look, there's been a lot of depressing months with this virus, and it's been very tough. But that not to have a tournament for the first time ever was you know for someone who. You know, March is kind of one of my big months of the year. It was tough, and for the players and the coaches and everyone, it, it was tough. And I, I think everyone's really now slowly kind of getting excited. You know, the fact that March is coming, and it is obviously going to be a different March type of March, but it's it's going to be a March Madness, and I think that's really all that matters. Now let's get to what we're seeing on the basketball court, Zach, and let's start with St. John's because. They had a rough one the other night against Butler, a game they should have won. They had it won in the final seconds, couldn't inbound the basketball. But all in all, this team is right there for an NCAA tournament berth. I mean, they had the big win over Villanova. They've had this great stretch within the Big East. Um, It's feasible, right? Like, I can look at February and go into March and think if St. John's does this, that, and the other, they could find their way into the tournament, correct? Yeah, I, look, the Butler loss didn't help them, but I don't think it hurts them that much. You know, I, I kind of went into that game saying, look, they need two more good wins to really be, you know, tournament feasible. They And they have they have opportunities. They go to Villanova. They host Seton Hall. They, they host Xavier on Tuesday. They still might get a game against UConn at home. Um, to me, they need two wins, two more good wins, and they really can't lose their other home games. You know, they, they get... Providence and DePaul at home, which are two games like they have to win. But I kind of look at it the same way. You know, as, as long as they finish well here, you know, they don't have to go run the table. As long as they finish well, I think they're going to make the tournament. You know, most people, most of the experts have them around, you know, first four out, next four out. But they're right in the mix. You know, they have they have the great win over Villanova. They won at UConn. They, they won at Providence. They've, you know, they've played really well lately, you know, but they still have, I would say, a decent, you know, a decent way to go here to make the tournament. But, you know, just to be in this spot to me is kind of, even to me, it's ahead of where I thought they would be. It's the coach. We got Zach Brazil, our yeah. dude from the New York Post, talking some college hoops. And, Zach, you think about Seton Hall and what they were deprived of last year. They're one of those teams that's going to be saying what could have been. They're obviously not as good this year, but they've played a tough schedule. They have a couple of wins that you circle on the resume. Their tournament chances a lot better than St. John's. Or are you putting them right on the same path? No, they're they're better. Um, you know, they play the tougher schedule, so their metrics are better. They have a few more. While they don't have a win quite like Villanova, you know, they won at Xavier. Um, they they won at UConn. They won at Penn State, who's a team that might not make the tournament, but they have you know a very good net. I think Seton Hall is pretty safe as long as they don't lose a bad game here, and their schedule is pretty light. You know, uh, except for uh, a game against UConn at home, there's a lot of winnable games here where I think they're probably going to get to at least 10, 11 Big East wins. And I, I think they're going to the tournament, and, you know, I think they're going to be in a good spot because I think they're going to be a 10 or 11 seed. And that, to me, I'd always, every day of the week, give me a 10 or 11 over an 8 or 9. Um, you know, I I think they're going to be a team that could that could win a game or two. I, I, I like their team, especially if, you know, Bryce Aiken, the Harvard transfer, could hit some shots for them because he just makes them a different team. Now you get to Rutgers. They're on another collision course of getting in the tournament. And last year they were going to be on the right side of the bubble. 
this year. They absolutely benefit from the fact that they've played well enough in what, to me, Zach, is the toughest league in America, the Big Ten. It's loaded. It's deep. It's going to have nine, ten NCAA tournament teams. Do you think Rutgers better or worse than what they were last year? I think they have. I think they have more ability. Um, you know, this year I think they're deeper. Last year I thought they were more consistent, especially at home. This year, obviously, no fans. It's, it's been different, but you know they've been away from. They've been better away from their building and not as good in their building. Um, I, I love their their center, Miles Johnson. I think he's terrific. Geo Baker hits big shots. You know, Ron Harper Jr., you know, the son of the former NBA player, was so good early and he's really struggled of late. You know, they've they've had their problems at the top of the Big Ten. Now they've kind of cleaned it up against the middle and the bottom. So I'm kinda I'm a little skeptical. Is this a team that I think is gonna do damage in the tournament? But I don't think there's any doubt. They're going to the tournament. They're probably looking somewhere between a six and an eight seed, which is, you know, usually gets you a winnable game in the first round. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Rutgers fans who, you know, who were, who, who were crushed last year because they couldn't do, they couldn't get in because of the virus, I think they're gonna, they're going to the tournament. I mean, they basically have to collapse here to miss it. How weird is it for you? Someone who covers this sport, you're in all year, which we love. Duke and Kentucky being as bad as they've been. What's been the bigger shock there, Zach? I guess I would go Kentucky. Um, I didn't love Duke's freshman. You know, Kentucky actually had some more experience with, you know, they were returning guys like Matthew Hurley, you know, and, and Wendell Moore. I, I thought Duke would be a little better. And they just, you know, they've both teams have been a mess. And, you know, you could even go further. Like, North Carolina's no lock to make the tournament, although right now they're probably are in. Kansas is, has struggled. Um, you know, it, Michigan State has struggled. I mean, all these big schools, it's, it's just, it's bizarre. I mean, to see Kentucky 5-13, and 13, it's like, you, you look at it, and you're like, are my eyes uh, bugging Well, that's the way I feel about Duke. I mean, anytime you see him, and Zach, with the odds, it's amazing. The odds makers keep waiting for Kentucky and Duke to turn it around, and they keep misreading these teams game after game after game. It's ridiculous. I mean, it's not just them. You know, like, like we talked about some of these other big schools, I think you can make the same argument. I mean... You know, if I had to guess right now, I I would think Carolina and Kansas will make it. I, I not nearly as um, certain as about Michigan State. I mean, Duke and Kentucky need to win their conference tournament. And look, I think part of this is is the G League factor. You know, some of these guys, you know, usually they get these top guys, and five of these guys are you know are are playing on the G League team. I don't think there's any question that that has hurt them. And, you know, they haven't done great with transfers. You know, Kentucky has yet to really get one of these transfers to really kind of lead them. Lead them. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen every year, but it's it's the sport is, is kind of evolving here and being a little different, you know. Uh, we haven't seen a one-and-done team just win it all in a while now. And and clearly, you know, their, their freshmen this year just have, have struggled. They haven't been great. I mean... Neither of this team, these teams need them basically a March miracle, which is just is unfathomable to think about these programs. Okay, ZB. Right now, I think most people you talk to are going to say that Gonzaga and Baylor are cut above everybody else. I would agree with that assessment. Give me a team right now 
that you think can work their way into that upper echelon? Is there one you're looking at? Um, I mean, I think I think you could pick a few from the Big Ten. Um, obviously, Michigan, we all know, is, is ranked high, and they've been now off for a while. I think they're supposed to come back very soon. They're obviously very good. They're kind of right on that next level. Villanova, no doubt about it. They're very good, even though they lost to St. John's. They have a million shooters. I think Illinois is a team. I know they have a lot of losses, but they they are they can play a million different ways. They're well coached. They they have size. They have next level, you know, perimeter players. You know, I'm a I'm a big fan of Illinois. And look, I, I'm not quite sold on Iowa. They've been struggling. They don't play a lot of defense. But man, when that team is hitting shots like they can, they are dangerous. Like. You know, if I'm a Gonzaga or Baylor, I'd hate to see Iowa in the, in the Sweet 16 or the Elite Eight just because of the shot-making they have. Um, you know, I think there are a lot of teams, and I think too many people are falling into this trap of saying, well, Gonzaga and Baylor are Final Four locks. You know, we, we, as good as they are, we've said the same thing about a lot of teams. We, you know, we said that that Calipari team with Carlton Towns was a lock to the national championship. They didn't get to the championship game. We said the Zion Lewis and R.J. Barrett team was a lock. They didn't get to the Final Four. We've seen just way too much over the years of these teams that are supposed to be unbeatable that find a way to lose. That's what makes the tournament great. Is one game is it, and you're done. You know, I would not be stunned to see Gonzaga or Baylor, and specifically Gonzaga, who basically is going to have two months of scrimmages, get picked off. I, I just don't, as good as they are, I just think we're forgetting about the history of this tournament and, and how upsets happen. Totally fair. One game, anything goes. Not a best of five, not a best of seven. Now, we're going to have a little fun here, Zach. It is not a great Saturday card, but I have picked out about four or five games. We'll have a little competition, you and I. We'll go through <laughs> these games, and you tell me who you like. Let's see if you, you can beat me heads up. You, you ready to take this on? Yeah, yeah, let's go. All right, UConn Xavier. I'm seeing Xavier right now as a three-point favorite. I'm taking the UConn Huskies tomorrow. I think it is a must for them. I know they're beat up. I'm getting three points with the more desperate team. UConn, am I crazy? I'm taking Xavier. I, I, I like it. Had, Heads up already. Very good. I like. I know they've had a pause. I know they're not going to be at full strength, but UConn without book night, just they just can't score. They they they're gonna they can't be a quality team without him. It, to me, it's just that simple. And Xavier, you know. Xavier's too good in size where UConn's not going to get a million re- offensive rebounds. And Xavier just has too much firepower. I, I like you see the, you, the funny thing about these pauses and these layoffs, you see these teams come off the pauses and they play like nothing happened. It's, it's remarkable. You know, I, I, I thought there'd be so much rust this year for teams when they come off a two week pause and it just hasn't happened in so many instances. We got another big game in the Big East Villanova Creighton. I'm going to let you pick this one first, ZB. Two top. 15 teams. they played some great games over the years. Who are you taking tomorrow at 5 o'clock? I'm taking Creighton. They're home. Um, they've come off their best performance in a while. Look, they've struggled for a while here. But they did play very well winning in a hot Georgetown team. I think they match up really well with Villanova. Villanova does not hurt you inside. Um, I, I think Creighton wins. I think Zegarowski, who was the league's preseason player of the year and hasn't really had a good year, has a huge game. And I just, I don't think Villanova's playing that well right now. I really don't. I don't think they're defending well. Um, I, I think Creighton wins this game outright. I don't disagree with you. I like Creighton in this spot. I think Creighton's ready to rock and roll. And I'm concerned out of what I've seen from Villanova the last couple of games. They'll be fine long term. 
but I do believe this is a good time to get him, and I think you'll see that later on. Now, i got to give you a game in the ACC. North Carolina-Virginia. Normally, this is a brutal matchup for North Carolina because of the way Virginia speeds up the tempo in the game or slows down the tempo in the game, and North Carolina's looking to run, run, run. Virginia slows it down, and then they execute like crazy. I think Carolina's going to kill them on the glass tomorrow, ZB. Call me crazy. I think they're covering six and a half. I like the Tar Heels. Yeah, that's that's way too many points for Virginia. No question about it. That's an um, easy one. Easy one. So, yeah. you know I say? so we're riding two of these three together, by the way. So basically, <laughs> yeah, I'm, Xavier I'm, and UConn is going to determine things, and we'll see if Matt Eholt can pull some strings to get his boys ready to play. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> well, I uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, I'm just – I'm not a big I'm not big on Virginia and I watched them play Syracuse a few weeks ago. I, I I know they can shoot the ball a little bit. I just I just think they're very limited and like you said, I mean, they like to play slow and that's what I mean, this year that's North Carolina is one strength is they can hammer you inside. And I think they will hammer Virginia look, I actually think North Carolina's gonna win the game outright personally, but I'm just I'm not a big fan of Virginia. The ACC, man, oof, last, last year, this year, the ACC's got some problems here. Yeah, it's amazing looking at the ACC. It's not a vintage ACC, and that is what my final question is going to be, ZP. Am I going to be bent out of shape in March? Am I going to be over any possibility of making the tournament by the ACC tournament? Or am I going to be in? Where Where is John Jastrzemski's mindset going to be Going into ACC tournament week with Syracuse, that's what I want to. I know. think going into ACC tournament, you'll still be able to dream because I think the. Bubble- but when you say dream, though, Zach, that means not winning the whole thing. That means winning like two or three games, right? Is that fair? Yes. No. I I think you'll go into that tournament thinking if I can find a way to get a big win, I might have a shot. Okay, I'll sign for that. You right have now. a few. You do have a few quad two wins. You gotta. Louisville's a huge game, and they could find a well, way. Well, and they're going to get Louisville now Tuesday, where they're coming off a two-week layoff, assuming they could play. That could be right. a major advantage for Syracuse. It could be. Like we said, you've seen teams off these pauses play well. It's it's bizarre. Um, but yeah, I'm not. A, I don't think Louisville's any any kind of unbeat you know unbeatable team either. I, that's another ACC team I think is kind of mediocre. Um, yeah. I, I think what Syracuse needs that game, and then I think they're going to need another noteworthy win in the ACC tournament. But I don't think it's crazy. I mean, we say it every year: the bubble is mediocre. Um, you know, St. John's has got two quad one wins in there in the mix. You know, Seton Hall I think has three, and they're kind of thought of to be safely in. So it's not like you need could go crazy here, but they got to win some. They got to they got to pick up a, a few good wins. But I don't think you're going to go into that ACC tournament thinking you need to win it all. That's encouraging. I like hearing that. That's uh, something I will take going into February and March. Zach, you are the best. I miss these conversations. Many more to come in the weeks ahead, amigo. So keep up the good work, all right? All right, buddy. As Zach Brazilla over at the New York Post, the next time I see him for drinks, it looks like UConn and Xavier is going to determine who's paying. I like the sound of that. Huskies plus the three. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.